Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding! I have access to information wow. that the public doesn't. And welcome to the Daily Dang on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeVore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Coming up, the Celtics continue streaking. The Sixers are now the number two seed in the East. And the Lakers pull off a huge comeback. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. The Celtics had a huge win Thursday night over the visiting Warriors in a finals rematch. And Keith, they had the Raptors on the road in Toronto Saturday. Potential letdown game for the best team in the East. They're riding high on a win streak. No Jason Tatum. Got a sore wrist. He's out. Doesn't matter because Grant Williams can just step in and drop 25 points for you. A career high for Grant Williams as the Celtics beat the Raptors 106-104. Jalen Brown had 27. And uh, this team is surprisingly deeper than we thought. And, and they were deep last year. But having Grant Williams be able to step in after really, I mean, it feels like he's been kind of not a, a key member of the rotation the last few weeks. Step in 25 points from him. Yeah. And because of that, you know, the Celtics win nine straight now. And it is interesting. You highlight Grant Williams, who had seen his minutes reduced just may, maybe it's a random aberration or it's just a matchup specific thing, but he saw his minutes reduced and then he he steps up without Jason Tatum available, comes up huge. Peyton Pritchard, who sometimes barely plays, uh, Peyton Pritchard was huge in that game. And the Celtics, I mean, this is from opening night. They've looked like a juggernaut and they just keep cranking out these wins. And like you look up and you're like, oh man, they won nine straight again. Like this team, this team is so strong. Um, it's like, you know, we thought they depended on their defense, and the defense wasn't as good as it has been, you know, like last season. But they always have that shooting, and there's sometimes there's letdowns, but, like, they just keep coming, and just the three-pointers keep coming, and it's always somebody new. And, yeah, this, this team is terrifying. Yeah, and they got off to that hot start, especially shooting the basketball. Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. He was fantastic to start the year. Went through a rough stretch around, you know, the holidays. 23 points on Saturday coming off the bench, and this is the sort of production that they need – from these guys that they brought in the, that are coming off the bench. Derek White had eight points, but is another guy who can dribble and do stuff. And, and when Jason Tatum misses a game, when you have a situation like Marcus Smart, he got injured in this game in the second quarter, rolled his ankle, not sure how long he's going to be out. But as they, you know, the Celtics are kind of picking up these little injuries as they've gotten healthier. And so, you know, you look at their bench and it's just been key. Luke Cornett getting a lot of playing time. Again, Grant Williams stepping up with 34 points. Even Blake Griffin, you know, getting out there and doing stuff. And this is what good teams do. And now they're at the point where I think we know who they are. I mean, this is the yeah. same team that went to the finals last year, 
Rob Williams starting to come around. Uh, he also banged his knee the other day. That's a guy that they need to kind of nurse through the season because they need him in the playoffs. But we know who they are. I think it's time to start thinking about the playoffs for them, don't you? Yeah, and, and it, it is that it's that depth. And we've basically learned that NBA seasons, it is a war of attrition. And you keep seeing more and more where, you know, the Warriors-Celtics matchup, the next night the Warriors rested everybody. And you have these teams that have to be like, all right, second night of back-to-back, we're not playing these guys, we're not playing these guys. And, like, the Celtics didn't do it on purpose. Like, Tatum was out, and then, like you said, Marcus Smart, you know, left the game, Robert Williams got banged up. and then, But they have just this bevy of dudes. Like, some nights it's Luke Cornett's night. Some nights it's like this night where it was Brogdon, Pritchard, and uh, Grant Williams making 11 three-pointers by themselves, those three guys. So, yeah, the depth of the Celtics adds to their elite top-line talent, which makes them both a regular season and probably a postseason uh, success story. And and this wasn't an, an amazing Al Horford game. I mean, it was actually a bad offensive game. Two of ten from the field, one of six from three. But I think his defense during this stretch that they've been on here has been massive for them, especially because Robert Williams, I, I don't think he looks full speed yet. Uh, but Horford has done it all. He bookended that big Warriors win with blocks the other night, had a big block late in this game, and just getting that sort of play out of Horford, which, again, we were watching the finals last year, and we're like, wow, Al Horford's amazing, but this has got to be the last dance for him. Um, but he physically looks pretty good. Yeah, Horford's been incredible this year. I was curious how he would look without a year off sabbatical because he had that in Oklahoma City where he got to like rejuvenate, rest, and then he came out last season was great. You're like, okay, but now you got to play two seasons in a row. Do you still have it? He does. Like, this guy's found the fountain of youth. He's been amazing for the Celtics team. Just another one of those pieces why they're probably the favorite. Well, the second hottest team in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers, they just went 5-0 and on a road trip, Keith, including a big win Saturday night over the, you know, the pretty good Kings. And they did it with no Embiid, no James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey scoring 32 points. And when you got a guy like that, I mean, this is, he's the third head of that three-headed dragon, right? Um, 32 points. The guy is electric. 15 points in the third. Um you love him, and you especially love when he's paired up with Melton. Well, I mean, the non-Harden games, as someone who mainly watches Sixers to see D'Anthony Melton play, when I get that Maxi Melton backcourt, it's dynamic, it's interesting, it's different, and it's good. And winning a, f- a five-game West Coast road trip, that's an impressive feat, just period. Like, going 5-0 and oh out, on the, out on the road is great, especially when, when you're, you know, so far from home uh, on the West where you normally have really good teams, and like, they just keep they, they keep winning in different ways. This Sixers team does. And on the game against the Kings, like they got down and the Kings have been hot and they just found a way with Montrez Harrell playing big minutes. George Nyang's been incredible. Uh, I I support the push maybe to get him in the three-point shootout at All-Star Weekend. Like he's having a great season. And th- we speak of depth a lot. I don't think of the Sixers particularly as being that deep. I think in the offseason, we thought maybe they would. We're like, oh, they picked up Daniel House. They picked up... Uh, D'Anthony Melton, but like House barely plays and like most nights Harold barely plays, but those guys were able to step up in this one and you get a huge win and you pull off that perfect road trip. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Nyang coming off the bench, 17 points plus 21 in his minutes. And, and at some point we have to address PJ Tucker minus 14 <laughs> in his 19 minutes. I mean, he's one of the worst starters in the league for my money. Um, he just does nothing for your offense and, and his, and his, Defensive contributions are overrated. He doesn't really rebound for you. And then you have a guy sitting on the bench like George Niang, who 
probably benefits a little bit from not having to be out there against starting units, but he certainly could add a lot of punch to to your starting lineup. And maybe that's something that they're going to do, you know, come playoff time. I personally, I'm in favor of just playing your five best guys, which would be Harden, Harris, Melton, Maxi, and Embiid in your starting lineup. And you just have James Harden guard fours instead of PJ Tucker. Certainly, James Harden can do the stuff PJ Tucker does at least. Uh, you know, close yeah. enough, right? I, I, w- I would think so. And that's just the thing with the Sixers team. They have so many options, and they're tinkering. And I give them credit for tinkering. Like, I feel like I was nervous coming into the year that Doc Rivers would be very entrenched and just like, these are my starters, these are my guys I'm using. But he's shown some willingness to experiment. And the fact, like, they moved to, they moved Maxie to the bench, which would, would be like, honestly, it was hard for me to believe they would even consider it. But they did it because they're like, all right, we like how Melton fixed fits uh, next to Harden, and then when Harden's out, you know, Maxi, go get yours, and you can score all you want. So, like, I do give the the organization and the coaching staff credit for experimenting with these lineups. Will they experiment P.J. Tucker out of the starting lineup? As someone who's an outside observer, I, I think maybe they should give that a go. But, again, I don't know what the exact um, situation is with that team, and maybe they just like the good vibes he's bringing uh, every night. Well, the Sixers are 18-4 and four in their last 22. They were 12-12. and 12. And then they've gone 18 and four since. So maybe they know what they're doing. I, yeah, I don't perhaps. know. They're doing okay. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Keith, after resting everyone Friday night and picking up a very unlikely win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, they lost that emotional game Thursday, and it was in embarrassing fashion for the Warriors. The Warriors completely crapped bed at home on Sunday against the Nets, and the Nets took complete advantage Somehow, the Nets erased a 17-point lead in the Bay, where this team is actually winning games. Remember, they don't win on the road. They actually win at home. The defense is supposed to show up, and it was a no-show. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Warriors 120-116. Kyrie Irving absolutely cooked, cooked, Keith, the Warriors. He had 38 points. Well, I mean, he didn't cook them as bad as he cooked Mike Conley in the Jazz on Friday. Kyrie Irving had 86 points this weekend, Dave. What did you do? Uh, Kyrie Irving was incredible uh, this weekend. And yeah, like he he lights up the Warriors and he's carrying this Nets team while, while Durant's on the shelf. And this is a huge letdown for the Warriors. Once again, playing like their full-strength squad, depending on Steph and Clay and Draymond. Like Steph, you know, like he's solid. Clay misses all his three-pointers. They have a huge first half. They score 72 in the first half, and then it falls apart in the second half. And they have no way to stop um, what Kyrie was doing. Also, like, this is the Nets team, you know, obviously sans Durant, but this is like what we maybe hoped for, where you got, like, Seth Curry, you know, playing his, his, his better brother, more famous brother. Seth Curry playing well. Joe Harris playing well. And, of course, like, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's incredible. Nick Claxton, 24 points, 15 rebounds, three blocks in this game. Now, he was 6 of 15 from the free throw line. You mentioned the Warriors could not figure out a way to stop Kyrie Irving. Well, the way they did it was hack a Clax. 
And I'm against <laughs> hacking in general, but they went to hack a Klax. That was one of the most desperate moments uh, that I can think of in the last few years for the Warriors. And an at-home game against a depleted net squad. They didn't have their best player. And the Warriors resorted to hacking Nick Claxton and put him on the line because they could not defend the Brooklyn Nets straight up. What happened to their defense, Keith? Well, I know what happened, and you actually talked about it on my show, I think, last week. I can't remember which show we were talking about this. You are enraged when Kevon Looney doesn't play. You are enraged when the Warriors go with Jordan Poole over Kevon Looney. And, of course, single game plus minus is not a thing we should worry about. Kevon Looney plus 14 in his 19 minutes. This team needs defense and rebounding. And, like, I don't know if the offensive lineups are, are working for the Warriors right now. When Kevon Looney doesn't play at least 21 minutes, the Warriors tend to lose. That's it. And he plays 19 minutes and some change in this one. He's plus 14 in those minutes in a game that the Nets won by four. And, Keith, look. It was on this show. Kevon Looney is the linchpin to this defense, I think. I mean, it, it, Draymond is the, the star. He's the playmaker. But you need that base level. You need that floor. They need more Looney on the court. And for the Nets, this is the sort of resilient win that they needed, I think. With Kevin Durant out, you know, they've, they've lost a few. This is a huge win for them. And I actually, it changes how I feel about Brooklyn winning this game, coming back fighting through the adversity. You mentioned the, the depth that they seem to have all of a sudden as guys have gotten healthy, especially Joe Harris is a big one for them, making shots yes. four of seven from three. But winning these sorts of games, being able to take a huge punch without Kevin Durant, because look, we know Kevin Durant can not only take a punch, but he can deliver. Now, I think Brooklyn's going to be dangerous in the playoffs, and games like this is exactly why. Well, also... We think about the trade in the summer that the, that the Nets made, maybe the lesser talked about trade, that was widely panned. It's for Royce O'Neal. I saw Tony Jones from The Athletic talking about how much of a home run that trade was. Royce O'Neal's been incredible for this Nets team. And with all the offseason kind of consternation of who's staying, who's going, what's going on, why in the world did the Nets trade a first-round pick to bring in Royce O'Neal when they're, when they're maybe going to have to trade some guys away? And, like, Royce O'Neal's been great for him. And, like, the, that guy, uh, you know, a 3 and D player who can fill in on the wing, and then you get, like, Joe Harris looking like Joe Harris again, you know, and all of a sudden the Nets are, they're, they're a very scary team. And now we know what Kyrie can do, but he's now stringing these games together with that, that full roster, you know, contributing. And, like, yeah, the, the Nets are, this is an impressive win. I mean, it's, it, if you have to rate it as a worse loss for the Warriors, probably a worse loss for the Warriors, but, like, the Nets are in survival mode without Durant, and they're they're not just survi surviving, they're thriving. Yeah, and uh, Kyrie found Royce O'Neal for the go-ahead three in this game, so, you know, pretty pretty timely little uh, tidbit yeah. there, Keith. There we go. Now, Sunday had another big collapse, Keith. This one even bigger than the Warriors. The Portland Trailblazers outscored the Lakers by 32 points in the second quarter and led by as much as 25 points, Keith, and somehow the Blazers just folded in half. The Lakers won 121 to 112 thanks to 37 points from LeBron James, who I I, I think he's like trying to break this record as fast as possible. He now has 38,164 points on the season, only 223 points behind Kareem. And we're going to talk about the TV schedule coming up and try to predict what game he's going to break the record, but. He also got 31 points and 14 rebounds from Thomas Bryant. He absolutely obliterated 
the Trailblazers. I mean, the end of the game was highlighted by Thomas Bryant dunking, rebounding, and dunking again. It was just over and over and over, and Portland is just sad. I would like to repeat for emphasis two things you said. One, Thomas Bryant had 31 points and 14 rebounds. Two, the Blazers won a quarter by 32 points and lost. That's the second time in NBA history that's happened. The last time was in 1972, Dave. The Boston Celtics were up on the Buffalo Braves by 43 going into the fourth, and they only won by eight. This one, the Trailblazers crushed the Lakers, and yet the Lakers don't get despondent, don't get discouraged. They don't have the letdown after beating my Memphis Grizzlies on Friday night after snapping the Grizzlies' 11-game win streak. The Lakers come out in the second half. They beat the Trailblazers by, by 20 in that third quarter make it a game, and then they hang on down the stretch. And what do you do if you're Portland? You're Portland. You're in, you wake up Monday morning, you're in 13th. You're in 13th full health, in the Keith. Western Conference. They have Relative, their guys. Yeah. They, they have, have their guys no right reinforcements now. coming. Yeah. There is no midseason acquisition that they already have on the roster. Right. They went and made the Jeremy Grant trade already. And he's been Nerf- good. Nurkic is shooting and making threes. They have gotten internal improvements and upgrades. And Keith, they are 11 and a half games out of first. They're, now, we can make the, the we can go and say they're two and a half games out of the yeah, sixth seed and out of the it's playoffs. A, everyone's clumped together. Okay. But no one is as healthy as Portland is. And they've lost three straight. I mean, you know, 31 points from Anthony Simons. They, they have some nice pieces, but Keith, it's um, it's getting late. It's getting very late. Portland that window I mean, when you when you're when you're turning to Drew Eubanks who's like six blocks I don't want, huge game yeah like Drew Eubanks is fine but he's not good and he's not like a, a needle mover and it's like if you're like this is the best option we have to try to slow down Thomas Bryant you got some problems like you got some problems on your roster and I I don't know what the answer is we commend Dame sticking with Portland and like he's Dame's had an awesome season he didn't have a great night tonight despite making like a pull-up three from 40 feet it wasn't a great night for Dame but like as good as he is to not have them a little bit higher in the Western Conference right now uh, it's got to be discouraging all right and as far as LeBron breaking Kareem's record it's going to happen sometime here in the next few weeks his current points per game is around 30 points per game that puts him in about seven and a half games to get there but Keith, if you look at the schedule for the Lakers, their seventh game, their eighth game, those are not national TV games. I'm guessing he's going to break it February 9th at home against Milwaukee. How's that feel to you? You're, you're th- more I of a gambler wants, than I am. I think he wants to do it, you know, maybe at home, but I think this sport, it's set up for right before the All-Star break, ABC Saturday night against the Warriors. I think it's probably happening there. I mean, it's uh, maybe that maybe they try to do it at home. You know, if they can, if they have the ceremony planned, I mean, are they going to stop the game? Uh, probably. Or I assume a stop the game probably. ceremony. I kind of hey, hope they, that. Why don't you? Just, let's just flex the Golden State game to uh, to Crypto.com Arena. Is it still called that? I, I'm not I sure. I can't so. keep up with all these. Crypto we can't say FTX yeah. anymore, but I think Crypto.com. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. they're okay. But, uh, you know, let's just flex that game to LA. Let them do it in front of the home crowd. Or better yet, flex the game to Cleveland. Let them do it there. <laughs> he can set his next scoring records next season in Cleveland. Dave. There you go. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. 
for Keith Barish. I'm Dave DeFore. Keith, go home. Shout out Evan Mobley, 38 points, no free throws. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.